What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Woodhouse Grove STEM podcast. Today we're on the topic of AI. AI standing for artificial intelligence typically is the independent learning and recognition of patterns uh, that can be programmed into computers uh, to help us, you know, yeah. Daniel, what have you yeah. got on that? Well, I was just going to elaborate on the, like, there's many ways to um, individuate the types of AI, but the, more, the four main ways of individuating them is reactive AI, which basically means it's got no memory and it only responds to different stimuli. Uh, limited memory, it uses memory to learn and improve its responses. So usually you get loads of data sets and stuff and you feed it into it and then it learns that way because it has memory. There's theory of mind, it, um, which means it understands the needs of other intelligent entities. And self-aware, which is the one that you see in films where everyone's always scared of, because it has human-like intelligence and self-awareness. Usually self-aware is like they use um, neurological networks to program them and that's why it has um, more like human-like intelligence and self-awareness. So, currently, we have the first AI that we you said there. I can't remember what the actual word for was. It what was it? Reactive. Reactive. Yeah. So that's stuff like it is given a set of this is the question it will ask. This is the answers it can possibly get for each of these reacts. Each of these like responses it can get, it will do a certain thing. It's just. Yeah. hard programmed it doesn't think for itself yeah. like a calculator on your phone if you put in two numbers it as it's got that is technically ai in a sense or like siri on your phone for example mm. it just has a set of this is what you are saying respond with this prompt so it's similar and then the next type which is involves neural networks and things yeah. is it learns and that is where we have a lot of data collection necessary. So currently, we have, that is where the majority of our AI is, them first two layers. The next layers are the more theoretical ones. So we have AI which is able to perceive the needs of other sentient beings, like other things that are alive and can think. So I can't think of an example of that, but maybe something which would be able to recognize the other things. For limited memory. Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, yesterday I was doing some research and I found a professor at Cambridge called, I think, Professor F Fuming, something like that. Anyway, he's um, programmed a robot to build other robots, and uh, these other robots are then tested by that robot on how far they can move in right. like a given, given space. And the robot sees this, analyzes it and then builds a better robot based on the robot it's just built. So is this a physical model or are these... A physical like, model. Okay, so this so is it's a physical actually, The robot example. is actually building other robots. Yeah. Um, but I guess the next step would be for that robot to be able to build another one of itself. Yeah. Which we have Another builder robot. Exactly. Or even to do something that it was not originally planned to do, and that is when we get into self-awareness. So I don't think currently we have a robot which we would class as self-aware. We have the Turing test to test if things are yeah. human-like in how they respond. We don't have a test for how self-aware they are. When we start, because it's all to do with data collection, if we, if say we connected one to the internet and had a massive neural network, it could, in theory, uh, become almost self-aware. And there are a lot of ethical issues to that. Like, does it class as, like, what rights do you give 
a thing that is created? What if it becomes more intelligent than humans? That kind of thing. Yeah, I guess AI is very good at sort of spotting patterns and mm-hmm. acting on those. Like, I think already AI has um, allowed machines to beat uh, the best in the world at chess and a Chinese board game, Go. Um, and even IBM's Watson, I don't know if anyone's uh, yeah. Yeah. knows about that, has beaten players on the US quiz show Jeopardy. Um, but I think another thing we should look at is the, the implications for society. So I've, I'll lead off with a fact. Uh, in 2015, the Bank of England's chief economist, Andrew Haldane, suggested that as many as one third of jobs in the UK could be lost to automation. And I think, Fiona, you've prepared something on ethics. Yeah, I mean, like, currently the hierarchy of labour is concerned primarily with, like, automation. And we've invented new ways to automate jobs and create room for people to assume more complex roles moving from physical work that has dominated the pre-industrial globe to more cognitive labour that characterises strategic and administrative work in our society. And, I mean, an example of this would be truck drivers, for example. Currently, there's millions of people who work as truck drivers, but as self-driving cars and trucks become more commonly used, those jobs get lost. And from an ethical perspective, you have to both deal with the fact that then they'll be losing their jobs. And of course, then that's a lot of people who are jobless. But it's also probably better to use self-driving trucks in, term of, in terms of safety because you know, they're, they're machines. They're probably better at things like that than humans are. And um, then, put in. No, you're good. Oh. Uh, and then we also come to the question of like, how, how do we spend our time after, like again, as you said, a third of these jobs and probably in the future, a lot more of these jobs will be able to be automated. Like, for example, lawyers, they predict in 30 years, half of that will be able to be done by AI. Or again, I think a lot of doctors, uh, I don't know, doctor reporting a scan. Um, I think in the future, AI will be a lot more accurate at identifying like a, a cancer. But we have to be really careful though, because the AI is, is just a, is applied statistics. So what it outputs is directly related to what is inputted yeah. into it. So there was a really good example you were telling me about, Fiona, about... Uh, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in Amazon, they created an AI to, like, reduce the employment pool for software developers, and they took the information or the data for that from their current software developers. But software development is a very male-dominated field and quite often can be considered sexist in the way that people view that. And so the AI took that as men are better at doing it and so instantly would disregard anybody who had, like, women in their, uh, I guess, job application. And then they, they saw this and were like, that's not fair, and took the word woman out of all of the applications, but the AI had already, I guess, outsmarted them, so to say, um, in the sense that it had learnt like how women speak or write generally. Or I guess identifying names. Maybe. Yeah, names. Well, they take the names out, I assume, okay. but like also women colleges and stuff like yeah. that. So they ended up having to scrap the whole thing just because the data that they inputted into it wasn't good. So Seb said, like with taking over jobs, of course, the data needs to be good. Mm-hmm. So say if it was a doctor with a, with a patient, then I think that's quite safe because that is purely medical data and it's not 
they've got as much room, but say if it was lawyers with a criminal case, there is a lot of racism and sexism in the criminal system. So if we're putting in data which is corrupt, it's just going to be a corrupt system. But and we have to be careful with that. We're not, we're not talking about how much good AI can do. I've talked about how to replace jobs. But if we're talking about doctors, there's not enough doctors in the world right now. You know, there's countries yeah. where we have one doctor to 10,000 people. Mm. And you know, that's, that's not sufficient. And we, but if we can have an AI, the medical software, they'll be able to do a job, like to a lesser degree than a doctor, on every single smartphone across the world, that would save a lot of lives. Mm. But then that disadvantages people who are in the poorer situation because the people who are poorer, who can't access that, say can't and can't afford well, internet or can't get a phone or don't have signal in their area, they are disadvantaged because they can't get access to that treatment. In, in El Salvador, it's a fairly poor country, you know, most people live in lots of houses there are made out of tin, you know, it's not, it's not a great situation, and 75% of the population in most of their towns have smartphones because they're easy to produce and they can be sold across the world, much easier than houses or you can train a doctor. So if, if governments start distributing things, medical software, to everyone, you can make a massive change. But I mean, it's not black or white, is it? Because while we do have a uh, shortage of doctors in places, we don't necessarily have to kick all of those doctors out, get rid of all that training. We yeah. can simply add AI um, machinery and to you know perform like medical procedures. Yeah. Uh, to help us instead to, of to replacement. Help instead of replacement. And if it does get to the point of replacement, like, isn't that better, surely? Because you'd rather a machine who, like, doesn't have a sense of time or tiredness do an operation on you than rather than Dr. Khan who's been doing 30 surgeries 24 hours in a day so I mean in general AI can be much more I guess selfless than mm. humans so as you said they don't get tired they don't like need to take breaks to eat or something like that maybe they need power but I'm sure that's like a lot less than what humans need to eat but then like also if let's say almost all the jobs are taken by AI then you come to the question of how is that wealth distributed then because you can't just give it I mean you could give it all to the people who produced or manufactured or like I don't know came up with the AI but we already have a widening wealth gap right and if let's say I'm going to take truck drivers again mm. as an example if all of their jobs are taken away and they all become jobless those are generally in lower economic like situations anyway and if let's say the people who created the AI were getting all the money, rather than the truck drivers, that would like even. widen the wealth gap even yeah. more, and they would be unemployed, and a lot of the people who are producing this software are already really, really rich. So. I mean, again, like, on one hand, again, it doesn't have to be black and white, you know, as uh, for the example of truck drivers. You could have it so, um, you know, uh, you drive your truck for maybe two hours, you get tired, you switch on the AI, you have a little nap, so uh, both of them are used in conjunction. But if we do say, all right, we can either have humans working uh, as we have been doing, or we can have uh, AI completely replace them. It's that question of, do we keep accelerating technology and adv uh, advancing it to the point of our own destruction, or do we nullify it completely, get rid of it and not like progress? So let's say with AI, if we keep advancing it, keep progressing it, we get to a point where humans become redundant, right? So then um, AI might get to the point where it decides, actually, you know, we don't need humans, let's get rid of them. Alternatively, we could like scrap AI completely, but then we don't really progress technologically as we have been doing. And then we might almost even backtrack in terms of like technological advancements. So it's that comparison between the two. Yeah, so I think what you're alluding to, Christian, is something called an intelligence explosion. 
So at some point we'll create machines that are super intelligent and uh, yeah, the machines can basically build themselves and multiply and get bigger and bigger and build like a, an AI army. Like that, there was, that, um, there was that, those uh, chatbots that I think it was Facebook made um, and they were communicating with each other and they eventually developed a language that no one else could understand and that had to be like, that had to be ditched, that had to be dispersed off because it was obviously getting to the point where it might become dangerous. So I think already it's 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 definitely a, like a prominent threat already. But yeah, I think already yeah, technology on, entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and Elon Musk have expressed their their fears about artificial intelligence and uh, said that the risks are very real and we should consider them before we start making these super intelligent yeah. intelligent yeah. machines. I mean, I, I was going to say what like, I mean. The main argument with um, with what, why AI could be dangerous is is whether it's a threat to us or not. Because people argue, oh, is it is it putting self-awareness in AI the thing that's going to make them um, realize, oh, that's humans. We don't want humans. Or <clears throat> maybe it's intelligence. You uh, increase the intelligence to a point where you don't need self-awareness for them to um, realize that you know hu humans are their enemy. It depends what you train it to do. So if you are training it and you give it the instruction, which is to make uh, humans... No, to... Let's say it is you have a robot which is designed to help make financial cuts to increase, like, for eco reasons, to cut down spendings to help with climate change. Something like That's just off the top of my head, something ridiculous. It can then... If that is its task, it will do that task. And if the best financial cut it can make is to get rid of all of the humans and that is the thing that is required like by its brain it doesn't have a thing of humans exist and we need to look after them yeah it has a thing of what's best for the world what's yeah it's, it, it does its task yeah exactly it's like it is the most pedantic thing you can possibly imagine because that is how it's programmed there was an example pretty like almost identical to that in the sense of what it did where they did actually set up an AI to so-called figure out a way to eradicate cancer and they were like yeah just kill everybody that's the best so way to if do it that's the thing it's like I doubt you could like <laughs> yeah I mean I guess it solves it but you probably couldn't I think you'd come to the issue where you put them like at the top of the I guess chain of I don't know orders or whatever, like ordering people around or something. I mean it could, you could get to a point where you, um, because obviously, uh, like you were saying Seb, like if you were to get AI to maybe, I don't know, run the government or something for us, um, like obviously we'd, we'd have things as human beings we'd put above other things, so like child hunger, like poverty, just generally things like that, they should come before other things, but like as robots, as AI, they would, like, uh, they wouldn't necessarily class it quite as high, so in my opinion, you could get it to, I don't know, like prioritize some of those things that are not quite like logically important, but technically still important to us as human beings. But yeah. Yeah, yeah so maybe moving, moving off that, um, I guess another fundamental ethical question is how we should view the potential for AI to be used in the military arena. So whether we should give robots the power to kill uh, humans in, in a conflict. I think Tom, maybe you heard a bit more on well. that. There was, if we're talking similar. about robots, there were killer drones being reported before. And the UN filed its first report saying a drone is active without commands of anyone else to kill someone. 
Yeah. And if we're talking about AI, it doesn't have to be the AI doesn't have to be the person who's doing the committing the crimes. It can be a tool. Yeah. So the lots of cyber crime groups now are developing their own AI toolkit, if you will, and um, phishing attempts are a lot more effective, forty percent more effective, when they use AI to program them, and they can they can make up some really convincing lies and tricks using AI to predict how we think. It's okay. a big threat now. Yeah, I think, like you were saying, I don't think it's going to be, unlike what Christian was saying earlier, it's, n it's not a all of a sudden we switch, it's not black and white, it's not a either we don't or we do have AI, it slowly incorporates itself into society. So let's start off with, I don't know, in the army it might start off with tracking people's locations, like your own soldiers, and then it might develop into being able to recognise faces so that it, like we can know if someone is hostile because we've got them on a database. Then it might just be recognising people's faces and figuring out if they're hostile based on their face. Or it might be following people's faces and choosing whether or not we should attack them based on their actions. And then it can just be by itself attacking people that it thinks are risky. And that's when we get the problem. So we have to be really careful with the where we start the AI and what limits we give it. So Yeah, so like give it a red line yeah. uh, that it knows it should never cross. And that's why humans should always be really careful with the AI. Yeah. That was a really interesting story. I don't think it's true, but it's like it was a theoretical thing of a handwriting robot, which was just made to handwrite letters and copy it. And then it started, and they plugged it into the internet to see what happened. And it ended up sending emails and it got all the data off the internet and yada, yada, yada. And I'm running out of time. But the end of the story, like it destroys the entire world, and it yeah. started off as this little handwriting robot, just because it was plugged into the internet and got all the data. Okay. So I guess uh, another question is would be like, how far would you guys say is too far to incorporate AI into our lives? Like, obviously there are definitely parts in jobs in society where it could benefit us, but where do you guys kind of draw the line and say, no, if we incorporate AI here, then we'll have problems. Then it will be like the beginning of the end. I um I feel like AI doesn't necessarily need to replace people as such because obviously that's going to cause like a lot of problems, but it could kind of be like if I use a metaphor here like it's it's like a ship on the sea like AI could be the ship which could do something itself but it has to be steered by a pilot, so so obviously we have the issue of whenever it takes control of itself but if AI could be used in a way where the person always has control ultimately of what it does and the AI is just there to make their lives easier, not replace them, then surely that would be the so most So as long as we don't give the AI the power to reproduce Pretty and much, we're yeah. still in control, it should be fine. Yeah. So this brings us to the point of the singularity. The idea about that would be creating an AI that thinks just like you do, has everything you've ever experienced. If you take away the religious problems and the idea that you might have a soul or anything like that, then you could say, what's the difference? Of course, for a lot of people, it's not, and a computer copy of yourself isn't really you, it's just a copy. But there are people who say they'll be willing to live as a machine forever and be an AI. Well, would it be you, though? I personally, you, I would. Yeah, you it. could be like fully gone and someone who acts exactly, exactly like you, no difference, thinks exactly like you, would be running around, but it's still not you like there because you're, you're you're already here but if you make a copy then it's not really you well, did you uh, did one of you two want to say something no no, no i was just going to say so is it 
kind of like having a clone of you, but as an AI. So it's basically you, but it's not you. Exactly. So the idea is, if you do this every day, up to the very day you die, the minute you died, you could, it could come online, and it would have all your experiences up to the moment you died, because you'd have told everything up to then, and recorded it. And of course, you get lazy. People say like you put a computer chip in your brain and have it record your experiences, or stuff like that. But the basic idea is, it would be so much like you that basically is you, a legacy if you want to leave on Earth. But but then I feel because that goes on to the point of, um, you know, this debate of is there an afterlife and and things like that. Like the reason we enjoy life so much here is because we're limited to a certain time, and if we make it so that we don't have that time limit um things just become irrelevant like time itself devolves as a construct so you know like school even school wise so you know you wake up at a time um and you you know you eat you have a shower all that stuff and you've got to do it within a certain time because you've got to fit like going into school into your day and then coming back home and just like relaxing so if you no longer have like that 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 time bound by that time then it life just becomes meaningless you do what you want when you want how you want to and with no sense of urgency so that that thing of trying to upgrade and uh upgrade no um to maintain and keep that uh ai version of you i don't feel it's 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 that's that's great yeah that's a good point because um people would be uncomfortable with it personally i don't think i'd be willing to do it be a copy of you but Mm. the other idea among that lines is should we trust in the fact there's an afterlife or should we build our own afterlife? So people are argue, people are saying that we can make enough technological advances but we're not just a copy but we actually upload what, everything we are to become a, to become on, onto like a, web, a server sort of thing. And then if you made a server that ran it, you could have, so you'd live your life, you'd be a normal human up until the day you died where you'd live the rest of your life as a construct. Now, is that the argument whether it's you or not we have no idea because we don't even know. We don't know if our soul is real. We don't even know what really makes a human a human. But the thing is, it can't be you because, yes, you might be able to copy me down to like my very genetics, but ultimately it won't be the same me that was birthed by my parents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's, 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 it is you, but it isn't you. It's, 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 yeah. yeah. But is that better than nothing? I don't know because I guess in some, in some cases it might have been beneficial. Like uh, Stephen Hawkins, when he died, if he had, if we had somehow managed to, you know, put his conscious, um, make it AI, put it up to the cloud or whatever, and keep him around a little bit longer, who knows what he could have done for um, sciences generally. So, but, but but I feel with other, and I don't mean to be like crude or, but ordinary people, if you keep them around just for the sake of keeping them around, then you eventually have this clutter on the planet, then overpopulation and stuff like that. So, in my opinion, I think. We, we should let it we shouldn't let it go that far I think naturally we should let people die when they die in all honesty uh, but yeah that's my two cents of course um, if people are saying if you're on the web you won't take any room on the planet because mm. it'll just be um, a computer chip and uh, the other questions are a small casual blending of humanity and AI so instead of instead of just uploading yourself once we took little things you know, a bit there, a bit here, you know, a computer chip, an arm, that kind of thing. So let's say you mechanical kidneys, that kind of thing, to help you, and you blend that with AI to regulate it, to control it, eventually you become more AI than human, 
Because we've been arguing saying like, will AI replace human? But another question is whether humans will become AI. But really though, kind of technology like this already exists. Like, I don't know, maybe an old person with a pacemaker fitted in their heart. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't necessarily need AI to operate that because it can operate by itself. That's so, right now, but we're talking about more like um, if we put things in the brain uh, and things like that of a greater complexity, and then we're talking about linking it so you could have a so you could think a thought and Google something with your mind, that kind of thing. Mm. I mean, we're talking we're talking fifty, hundred years longer in the future. But then, what kind of what kind of change would that have? Because if everybody had like a computer chip in their head, things like school would just become obsolete after a while. Like yeah. you would be not born knowing everything, but you would be born with the capability of knowing everything very, very quickly. Um, and born with an ability to learn faster than, you're, than you organically would have been able to yourself. So I'll, I'll say again, I think it's, it's, it's that thing of let some things be natural. Yes, incorporate AI where and how like, it can be helpful, but at that point, like you said, it becomes a singularity, then we almost destroy ourselves and and then lose like what we are as people if we do that so i mean there are groups out there dedicated to this there's the technologist party in america mm. which had uh, its own presidential candidate not many votes but uh that argue on things behalf like this but, you know, there's a lot of questions about ethics and how far we should continue how dangerous the path is another thing would be like who would control you good sorry my bad um, I think another thing would be like who would control it like just generally because um, like in terms of maintenance upgrades things like that somebody would have to have like proficient knowledge over all of it yeah do so we trust Apple to operate our I own I don't hardware? quite trust Apple <laughs> yeah to, 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 to <laughs> quite everything I do um, because I know well at the time of sorry I'm going to give you that but uh, at the time of this recording um, uh, I don't know if you guys have read but like John McAfee he uh, was recently like found dead and like it's like claimed to be a suicide but it was actually he had left the message saying that I've got dirt on those in power on people in power um, if they say I fake my suicide no it's wrong like I don't want to die I've got a very happy life I've got wife children all that so it couldn't be more blatantly obvious that he was killed because he did have um, that information that knowledge so it's it's A do we want people having that kind of knowledge on us and be those people that killed him like do we want those to be the kind of people that is that something we're willing to risk well, to, to, to have that is uh, a question for the future and McAfee um, was facing um, lifetime in the US jail while he was in Spanish jail after spending a couple of years in Guatemala so that's similar to Jeffrey Epstein yeah yeah, yeah. exactly I'm not condemning that, you. Oh, keep going yeah well, yeah um so what, questions about ethics, I'm not sure if anyone knows or anyone has uh, the right idea. And I think we'll have to find as we go on what we're going to do about it, case-by-case case basis, almost. Yeah, so it's kind of like what you were saying, this idea of who's in control of all of the technological updates that you'll need to have. You know, doesn't that just bring around a new, a new oppression, almost? And as humans, do we trust ourselves to to be in control, do, can we give people that much power? Like, I think a huge ethical issue, you know, that we debate about in philosophy is that of capital punishment. Obviously, it's still 
uh, legal in certain countries and it's this idea of do we allow the state to have that much power over a person's life especially because of human error and how so many things can go wrong if we do start merging ourselves with ai do we you know how much power can we give over to to the people who will be taking control of all of that does it not just become sort of like these overlords or these gods and as humans can we trust ourselves with that i think that's a question that really needs to be asked obviously you know how far do we go but this idea of do we want to go that far can we not just work alongside ai like this idea that people are already developing exoskeletons where it just allows humans to have more power when they're getting tired we don't need to merge ourselves because it just i think it breaches into very dangerous territory more the idea that we like adam was saying we just work along alongside it mm -hmm. have you heard that there's a interesting like thought food for thought thing where it says if you had a boat and it, it it's a nice, lovely wooden boat, and it breaks a little bit. Mm -hmm. One of the planks breaks, and you replace that plank with a new piece of wood. <laughs> and then another plank breaks, and you do that again. And then you keep going, and eventually, by the end of it, you just replaced all of the planks. Is it still the same boat? Exactly. If that is with humans and with AI, is it still a human? Yeah. If eventually you've just replaced it all with AI, is it still us? And we are we willing to sacrifice that human part of us, that part of us that makes us human? Do we just want to become ultimately superficial yeah so with all these arguments in mind are we are we right to be wary of the use of ai in our lives and the ethical and practical problems it may present to humanity in the future or should we embrace the technological advancement ai represents and the potential it has to significantly change our lives for the better just a little something for you lot to think at ho about at home uh, I think that's all the time that we have. So this has been the Woodhouse Grove STEM podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. Um, we'll see you later.